Hebrews chapter 11. All right. So, yes, if you got your Bibles, turn there. We're looking at Hebrews 11, 1 through 8. Let me just say a prayer and we'll, we'll get started. Father, thank you for this time. I submit myself to you. We draw near to you in faith as we open up your word and hear what you have to say to us. Would you strengthen our faith? Open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word right here, right now. In Christ's name we pray. All right. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of old received their commendation, commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he commended was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. He was not found because God had taken him up now before he was taken he was commended as having pleased god sorry verse five before he was taken up he was commended as having pleased god and without faith it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to god must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him By faith, Noah, being warned concerning the events as yet seen, as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out and called out to a place that he was able Sorry. By faith Abraham when he was called out, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And all God's people said, Amen to that. So here's our big idea this morning, that God calls his people to possess a faith that perseveres and produces obedience while trusting in God's promises. God calls his people 
to possess a faith that perseveres and produces obedience while trusting in God's promises. One of the things we've already communicated in this series on, on the book of Hebrews, the Jesus is Better series, is that biblical faith leads to faithfulness. Genuine biblical faith perseveres. We believe in the perseverance of the saints. And one of the things many folks miss out on here before, in, in reading Hebrews 11, and Hebrews 11 is one of the, the, the favorites for many Christians, one of the favorite chapters for many Christians. Hebrews 11 is uh, referred to as the Hall of Faith. All right. Uh, there are uh, in Hebrews 11, the author of Hebrews highlights people of faith, the people of God who displayed faith in their faithful God and his promises. Right. And so throughout the book of Hebrews, one of the key themes in Hebrews is perseverance, perseverance in the faith. Because there were, uh, there were, uh, Jewish Christians who were, seemed to be wrestling with whether they should continue in the faith in Jesus or go back to their old practice of Judaism, right? And so the author of Hebrews calls the people of God, these Christians, to persevere in their faith, okay? And he gives several, several warnings he gives several exhortations. He has lots of let us, let us, let us draw near near in full assurance of faith. He has these powerful exhortations and he gives us reasons why we should persevere. But he also gives warnings to the one who goes back, who doesn't persevere in faith. All right. And in Hebrews 10, the very end of the chapter, he gives one of those severe warnings in this book. And, and, and what he says here, he quotes Habakkuk in Hebrews uh, 10, uh, 37 through 39. For yet a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. Verse 38. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Okay, that's, that's, those are, that's pretty strong language there. Those who are righteous, my righteous one, will live by faith. Paul quoted this in Romans chapter 1. Okay, The righteous live by faith. The righteous are made righteous by their faith in God. Even the Old Testament saints were made righteous through their faith in God. As we, when we look at Abraham's life and others... Um, but look at verse 39 here, Hebrews 10, 39, before we go into the faith chapter, but we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and persevere, I'm sorry, those who have faith and preserve their souls. Okay. So here is a persevering faith, not that not a faith that goes back, not a faith that's shallow and weak. And when trials come, when global pandemic comes and crisis comes, we go back and forsake the faith. No, we are those who believe, who have faith uh, and preserve their souls. And so there's there's this call to persevering faith in Hebrews. And we also see that biblical faith 
produces obedience, produces action. James 1 picks up on that. So, so here's, here's what we're going to look at here. We're going to look at the definition of faith uh, that, that the author of Hebrews gives us. He gives us, he dis, defines what's he, what is he talking about when he's talking about faith here. And then we're going to look at the necessity of faith in verse 6. And then we're going to look at a, a few examples of descriptions of faith in the lives of the people of God of old, starting with Abel. Okay, in these verses. Um, so the first thing in there is, is Hebrews 11.1 1 gives us a definition of faith. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Okay, that's what faith is. It's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I like how David Chapman describes this biblical faith. He sums it up in the ESV study Bible. He has this note here. It says, biblical faith is a confident trust in the eternal God who is all-powerful, infinitely wise, eternally trustworthy, the God who has revealed himself in his word and in the person of Jesus Christ, who promises whose promises have proven true from generation to generation, and who will never leave nor forsake his own. Hebrews 13.5 That's biblical faith. It is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received commendation or approval. Or uh, some translations say, by it, they have obtained a testimony. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. In verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Our faith as Christians shapes our worldview. We believe in a creator God who made everything, okay? A creator God who is intimately involved with his creation. He didn't just make everything and wind it up and let it go and is, is distant and disconnected from his creation. We believe in a God who spoke everything into existence, who created the heavens and the earth with his word, and a God who is intimately involved in the lives of his people and has been throughout history. God desires relationship with you and I. And for any relationship to flourish and be strengthened, there must be trust. There must be faith in the person that we're going to have relationship with, right? And so that's so essential for a relationship with God, and it's so necessary. So biblical faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's, it's, a, it's a trust in the eternal God who is powerful, infinitely wise, eternally trustworthy. Notice the object of our faith. It's God. God is the source of our faith. He's the sustainer of our faith. He's the one in whom our faith is in. Our faith isn't in our faith. 
Our faith is in God and in His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He's done for us. And that makes us righteous in His eyes. Now let's look at the necessity of faith. Which, let me, actually, before before we describe that, go, go into that. There are many who claim to have no faith at all. Atheists, right? Or... Um, yeah, so ma- there are many who claim that they have no faith. And I, I, I like to push back when I'm talking to atheists and I like to challenge them. Though, though they may not have faith in the God of the Bible, they have, they put faith, even atheists put faith in all kinds of things. Alright? When they get into their car, when they get on a bus or a train or an elevator, they are exercising a measure of faith in that object. To, to get them where they want to go, right? And so we, we are wired by God to have faith. Even from childhood, children have to trust their parents, right? To feed them, to provide for them, protect them when they're, when they're just vulnerable, when they're little. Like we are designed, God has wired in us this capacity for relationship and this capacity to trust in relationships and to to trust him and if we can't trust him and we can't trust anybody else we will go crazy okay if, if you can't trust anything um there you know there, that's a component of uh, mental illness when you can't trust or believe anything right when when you, you're just completely you're not going to trust anything you're not going to eat anything or you're not going to go anywhere or you're so afraid of everything that that you won't function as a healthy human being. And so we have to exercise faith in many aspects. Okay, so biblical faith, though, is assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And God says it's necessary for us to have faith if we're going to come to Him and going to have relationship with Him. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So if we're going to come into a relationship with God, we must draw near and with faith. Though we can't see God, we can't see his physical form, okay? We draw near in faith. We see the things that he's created, Right, And we have good reason to believe in Him. We have good reason to put our faith in the Bible, in the God of the Bible. It's not just a blind faith. Okay, it's, There is good reason and support for believing that there's a Creator. Okay, I, I think it's foolishness to look at something that's been intelligently designed, like an iPhone or an iPad or a, or a vehicle, and say, there's no Creator. To that it just kind of formed over a period of time i think that's foolishness it's it's logical to come to the conclusion that when you look at something that's been intelligently designed and has beauty and purpose and function that somebody designed that somebody created that and you see creation itself bears witness of the invisible attributes of god so if you're watching and you're an atheist or, or an agnostic, uh, and or you're struggling in your faith, just start there with creation. Just behold the creation and be in awe and wonder of the Creator God who made it all, from insects to 
mountains to planets and stars, um, be in awe of him. And so to, there is a necessity of faith that we have, that, that we, we, to come to God, we must believe that he is, that he exists, that he's there. And he's the one true God, the creator God. And there's something else we must believe about him. We must believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Okay? So those are two two things that we must believe about God if we're going to come to him. And if we're going to please him. You see, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You see, Enoch walked with God. And he obtained this testimony that he pleased God, okay? Uh, throughout history, uh, saints uh, obtained testimonies, and they had God's approval through faith. And saints, you and I have the smile and approval of God through faith. The Father smiles towards us. We have His pleasure and His delight through our faith, and specifically because through Jesus and His righteousness and our faith in Jesus, we have been made righteous. We've been, as Ephesians 1 says, accepted in the Beloved. In the Beloved. And so we live in God's pleasure, with God's smile, believing that He sees us. And every act of faith that we take to honor Him in, it brings pleasure to Him. When we live by faith in Him, when we trust Him, when we live lives in unbelief, it is dishonoring to God. It's saying actions of unbelief and disobedience are saying, God, you're not trustworthy. Or God, you're not good. Or God, you're not wise. Or God, you're not sovereign. But when we, in faith, do what God has called us to do and we obey Him, we're saying, God, you're good. God, you're sovereign. God, you're wise. God, you're trustworthy. God, you know better than I do. Right? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Guys, we have this tendency to do that, right? To lean on our own understanding. We learn some stuff and we're like, man, I got this. Right? We see this with our kids. You know, they'll, they'll learn some stuff. They're like, I got this, mom or dad. I know how to do this, right? Um, and, and so God calls us to trust in Him with all of our heart. And lean not on our own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all our ways, and He will direct our paths. And so we, we looked at a definition of biblical faith, the necessity of faith if we're going to come near to God and experience His nearness. Okay, Hebrews 10 um, told us this already in verse... Um, uh, the author of Hebrews exhorted the Hebrews... Christians to Hebrews 10 22 let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and so one of the things I love about approaching God in prayer or in worship is that we approach him not on the basis of our righteousness or our works or how good, how much we, uh, how well we've kept up with our Bible reading plan or how well we've kept up with any of the, the spiritual disciplines or, or how kind or loving we've been or how, um, how joyful or thankful we've been or whatever. We don't approach God based on how well we're doing. We approach God based on what Christ has done for us. 
He's made a way for us to come near to Him. We don't have to be distant and dirty. We can be clean and close to Him because of the blood of Jesus. And that's the basis. That's the basis of our relationship with Him. That's the basis of our righteousness. That's why we can come near to God and we can live in the pleasure of God. Jesus fully pleased the Father in His obedience. He did all that the Father called Him to do. He was perfectly righteous. And when you and I put our faith in Him, we are declared righteous according to Romans 5. And we live in the pleasure of God. And we make it our aim to please Him. We live our lives in faith and obedience, trusting and obeying our Lord. As the old hymn says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Now I know this is so basic for us. Saints, this is so basic. Faith in Jesus is is one of those basics in Hebrews 6 that he mentions, right? One of those um, just basic things that when we first come to God, we, 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 we come to Him in faith. It's so basic, but it's so necessary for all our walk with the Lord. And, and we continue to be challenged in our faith in different circumstances of our lives. Um, and so we need to walk in faith. It's necessary for us to please God, to draw near to God, and we must believe that He exists. And that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Who seek him. Do you believe that God will reward you for seeking him? Do you believe that? Hebrews says you must believe that. Okay? And it's not a bad thing. It's not a selfish thing. To believe that God's a rewarder. It's a legitimate motive for us to seek to please God. God offers rewards to the faithful, right? Jesus said, hey, when you go pray or when you fast or you give, do it to be seen by the Father. Do it secretly so so the Father will see you and He will reward you openly. See, Jesus put it out there as a legitimate motive for the people of God. Okay? If you do your righteous deeds to be seen by men, Jesus says, you've got your reward already in Matthew 6. Okay, don't do it from reward for don't don't serve religiously for reward and a pray and praise and approval from people because that reward is so shallow and fleeting. Do it for the pleasure of God. Do it because God sees and God rewards faithfulness and obedience to Him. Amen. And so, so we looked at the the, the definition of faith. The necessity of faith. And now let's look at some descriptions of faith that the author of Hebrews gives us. He gives us a number of Old Testament saints who lived out their faith in action. So he helps kind of kind of put some flesh on it there for us. Like, what does it look like to live a life of faith? Well, let's look at Abel first. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Okay, this, is, this is powerful. If we're going to offer up God any 
acceptable, pleasing sacrifice and worship. It must be done in faith. Abel operated in faith. This is, this seems to imply that Cain didn't. We don't know exactly. Uh, we don't have all the details in this, but but the author of Hebrews is is saying Abel did what he did by faith. God liked it. God commended him. Okay, and this goes back to verse two. This is how throughout history the people of God experienced the approval, the good testimony, the the commendation from God. They experienced it by faith. And their faith, their genuine faith, led them to action, to good works, to good deeds. Okay? So we see Abel here as a sacrifice. And by the way, Cain got mad. Cain murdered his brother. We know the story there. But but Abel was described as one who was righteous. And it was because of his faith, or through his faith. We also got this guy Enoch, who we don't know a whole lot about. There's just a little, little, little snippet in the Old Testament that talks about him, uh, and he's in some genealogy as well. Uh, but, but verse five it says, "By faith Enoch was taken up, so that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him up." Now, before he was taken, he was commended. Again, that word, he was commended as having. Pleads God. So here's this guy Enoch, and he mysteriously just is raptured up. He's just he's taken up. Like, what's up with that? Okay, uh, he walked with God. He had this intimate fellowship with God. Okay, I like how how one pastor described uh, this with Enoch. It was as if uh, Enoch and the Lord were walking and having a conversation as they would often do, and God was like. Hey, I think we're a little bit closer to my place. Why don't you just come and join me for the night? And just took him up, right? And so, so the Lord takes up Enoch to be with him. Enoch has this, this, this snippet in scripture that he was one who walked with God. He was one who pleased God. Okay? And so verse, verse two, for by it the people of old received commendation by faith. Or they received, they, they obtained a good testimony. They experienced approval that comes from God. If your name was to be put into the hall of faith or written in a book, what would your testimony be by faith? If, if at your funeral, when you die, and the preacher is giving a eulogy and and describing your life what what material are you going to provide for that preacher to put the emphasis on how you trusted God and displayed faith in your God as a, as a pastor who's done several funerals I so appreciate those um, officiating funerals of people who lived by faith in God who walked with God who honored God who um, uh, who displayed godly examples to imitate. Uh, Hebrews 6, by the way, tells us, uh, Hebrews 6 says, um, don't be sluggish, but imitate. Let's see, verse uh, 12, Hebrews six twelve. it says, so that you may not be sluggish, at verse 11, and we desire that each of you show the same earnestness to have full assurance of hope until the end, 
so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Okay? And so Hebrews is telling us, he's pointing us to these people of God who were not flawless. These people were not flawless. And he doesn't emphasize their flaws and their failures and their sins. But when you read the narrative, you'll find, you'll find, in, in many of the cases, you'll find uh, the failures of these people of faith. And I'm thankful for the authenticity and the rawness of the Bible and putting those failures in there. All right? Because, because you and I experienced the same thing, right? But yet these were people of faith. Though they weren't flawless and though they had failures, they believed in God and their faith was in a faithful God. They displayed faith because God was faithful to them. And, and God's, by the way, Hebrews, um, God's faithfulness is the basis for our faith. All right, he's, he's the object of our faith, the one in whom our faith is. He's the, the giver of our faith. He gives us faith. He grants us the ability to believe and he sustains our faith. He strengthens our faith. Philippians 1.29, you can look that up later, talks about God granting us not only to believe, but also to suffer. Okay? Selah. Under that. Um, Hebrews 11.2 For by it, people of old received commendation. What is your testimony? And what do you want your testimony to be? When it's all said and done, what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? By faith, so-and-so. By faith, Bridger loved and served people around him. By faith, Kendall uh, faithfully prayed for her neighbors. And or, you know, what, what's, what's your testimony um, of, of what God is doing through you in this particular time in history? What's beautiful is we get included into the story, the great, big, redemptive story of what God is doing. And we're going to, at the end, we're going to celebrate together with these clouds of witnesses, this cloud of witnesses, these, these witnesses who also lived in faith as well. And so through faith, we, um, people of old have received approval, a testimony, commendation from God. Verse 7, Noah, let's look at Noah's, this description of faith in Noah's life. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, he constructed an ark for the saving of his household. And by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Again, we're made righteous by faith, and we experience God's commendation and approval by faith and and the only other option if we reject faith in Christ and the righteousness that he gives through faith the only other option is condemnation which would you rather have commendation and approval from God righteousness that comes through faith favor God's favor and smile on your life through faith or condemnation rejecting God and faith in Him and trusting Him and experiencing condemnation. Noah and the world had never seen rain before. Okay, it's raining right now. It's pouring down out there right now. They hadn't seen it. 
Okay? And, and, and Noah gets this word from God, make this big boat because it's going to rain and the rain's going to cover the entire world. I mean, that's crazy. That's a crazy, uh, that would seem totally radical. And, and I'm sure Noah seemed like a loony in his day. Like a, like a, like somebody that was way out there. His kids were probably a little embarrassed of him. But, you know, by being so radical, building a boat, saying, hey, there's, this rain's coming, there's this judgment coming because the world is so sinful. And Hebrews, or uh, Genesis 6, God, God was sorry that he made mankind and, and, and God says, there's gonna be destruction. Okay? But Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. And Noah was a person of faith. God warned him and he acted. Noah's faith was displayed in action. He didn't merely just be like, yeah, I believe this is going to happen. He didn't just have this mental ascent. Okay, it's going to rain. There's going to be a flood. No, I don't know about this boat thing. I'm not going to do it. Noah took action. He built the boat. And it took him hundreds. It took him, I think, 120 years. It took him a long time. He was working away on this huge boat, this huge project, believing that something would happen that he had never seen before in his life. He had this assurance of things hoped for and this deep conviction of things not seen. Right? So, so, and, and the reason Noah had that was because he had a word from God. Okay? Noah just didn't make this up. By the way, that's the difference. The difference between faith and presumption is faith, biblical faith, has a word from God. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God or the message about God, right? And so, hey, Peter, when Peter was in the boat and he saw Jesus walking on water and the disciples were like, Whoa, there's Jesus, he's walking on water. Peter's like, Lord, is that you? Let, let me come to you. And, and Jesus says, come. If, if Jesus didn't tell Peter, come, like step out of the boat, then it would have been presumptuous of Peter to be like, hey, I want to do this too, like Jesus, walk on water, right? That would have been presumptuous. But Peter had an invitation from Jesus. Come, step out. And you know what? Peter actually walked on water for a moment. Okay, like he started the waver and he started the fall. But I love it. He got out of the boat. He was will I love that about Peter. He was willing to take a risk. He was willing to fail for the sake of following Jesus in faith. And he had faith in Jesus because Jesus is trustworthy. He's faithful. Our God is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is true to all of his promises. His character is constant. He keeps his promises. He keeps his word. He's unchanging. He's our rock. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13 tells us. And so we can trust him. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So we can trust him. He will reward us. So we can trust him. He will provide and guide and deliver us. So we can trust him. Okay? Uh, so we see Noah 
acting out his faith. He believed, he got a word from God, he acted out his faith. Noah was also called, by the way, a preacher of righteousness. I think Peter describes Noah as a preacher of righteousness. And so that implies that he must have given some that warning that he received from God. He must have let some others know, hey, there's judgment coming. You know, there's only one way to be saved. By the way, the ark and, 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 and being saved from the judgment to come, it's kind of like Jesus, right? He's the only way. He's the only way. Noah and his household were saved by grace through faith, right? And, and, and there was this ark, okay, that they had to get on if they were going to experience deliverance from the judgment to come. And there is this Savior that you and I must put our faith in if we are going to be saved from the judgment to come. And only those who are in Jesus Christ, who have entered in through faith, will experience deliverance from the wrath and the judgment to come. But those of us who have entered in, we can have confidence that we're not destined for wrath, as I mentioned last week. We're destined for salvation. Christ, our Savior, has come and He has saved us from our sins and He will save us and deliver us for all eternity. So we see this description of faith in Abel's life, in Enoch's life, in Noah's life. And, and notice that that biblical faith that God calls His people to isn't, it, it's, it's persevering, okay? But it's also, it also produces action. It produces obedience. James tells us in James 2, faith without action or works is dead. It's like a screen door on a submarine. It's useless. Or a song you can't sing. It's not, it's not really there. If you can't sing it, right? Okay? So faith without action is dead. It's useless. Okay? So look at this in, in Hebrews 11, 8 through 10. Abraham is another example. Abraham's like the prime example of faith. Paul uh, points us to Abraham. James points us to Abraham. The author of Hebrew points us to Abraham. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. He believed God for something that seemed really way out there. A promise that he would have children in his old age. And that, that, that he would have lots of descendants, okay? And, and he believed God. He believed God's word. He believed God. He obeyed God when God, verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Notice, Abraham's faith led him to obedience. It led him to action, Okay? That's biblical faith right there. It's not just mental assent. It's not just saying you believe the right things biblically. Yeah, I believe this. Okay. Show me your faith without works, James says. And I'll show you my faith by my works. Okay. And so biblical faith has action. There's many people who just go to church every Sunday. They, they, they have this mental uh, agreement with doctrines that the Bible teaches, but there's this huge disconnect with their actions, with their words, and with their their, their worldview. 
their, their way of thinking, speaking, acting. And so examine yourself. If you're, if you're questioning, am I a believer in Jesus Christ? Do I have biblical faith? Well, you know what? There's good news. If you don't, you can have biblical faith today. You can believe God's word and take action on it. You can come to Jesus Christ, the Son, in faith, who obeyed perfectly for you and who makes us righteous. Check. Romans 4 and 5, check that out. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was able, that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't know where he was going. Okay? He just got a word from God. And he went. I love this. Okay? By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Wow, this is so powerful. Abraham was looking forward to this eternal city. He was looking beyond something he hadn't yet seen. But he had this assurance of things hoped for. He had this conviction of things not seen. Okay? And he acted upon it. He obeyed. He went, even though he didn't know where he was going. He went! Is anybody willing to do that? Like, just just, just follow God and go somewhere, even though you don't have the schedule, you don't have the plans, all you planners. Alright, you type A. You don't have everything laid out in detail. This is how it's going to be. Those, I love it. Well, anyway, okay. I'm not going to pick on you. Uh, God calls His people to live by faith. It, it doesn't mean we don't plan. Doesn't mean we don't we make wise decisions. But we have to trust God when it when it when it's all said and done. Are are you and I trusting God? Are we living by faith in Him? Are we are we putting faith in ourselves? Are we putting faith in other things or or other people? Okay. Um, Abraham was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. City Church, we are looking forward as well to a city to come that we're going to dwell in, whose builder and designer is God. And what a glorious city that will be. I know many of us have seen some really cool cities in the world, lights and buildings and Great things to, to go uh, go see in the city. But this city, this eternal city that God has built for us is going to be so much better. And there will be no more sickness, no more coronavirus, no more death, no more war, no more injustice, no more pain, no more sorrow. It will be glorious and the glory of the Lord will light this city up. Okay. So in closing, an application, how do we grow in faith? How do we, how do we get this faith and how do we grow in faith? Biblical faith. We don't want to have the, 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 the faith that demons have. Even, James says, even demons believe in God and tremble. Okay? That's, that doesn't mean they're, they're not going to spend eternity in this, this glorious city. Demons are not. Demons believe in God, right? And tremble. And so we want to have biblical faith, faith that's in God, faith that leads us to obedience, faith that brings pleasure 
to God. Okay? He, Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. If you want to get faith and get your faith strengthened and fortified and you want to develop a stronger assurance of things hoped for, you want to develop a deeper conviction of things not seen. The Bible's going to point you there to it. It's going to fuel, feed, and strengthen the faith of those who open up these pages of Scripture with childlike heart faith. And we just, we come like, like God teach me. What are you saying? What do you have to say? This is the Word of God. God's Word for us. Okay? It tells us how we got here. Tells us how to live while we're, while we are here, and it tells us where we're going. It tells us who we are and whose we are. Get in this word. Let the word of God be the basis of your faith, so that your faith is in something solid and consistent. You see, we can put our faith in unreliable. Um, unreliable uh, objects or people and we're setting ourselves up for disappointment but those who trust in the Lord those who hope in the Lord will not be put to shame they will not be disappointed amen and so how do we grow in faith we need the scripture okay we also need saints godly faithful saints as warren wearsby says the best way to grow in faith is to walk with the faithful okay now i would say walk with the faithful one the ultimate faithful one right that'll strengthen your faith that'll help you grow in your faith but also saints who are faithfully walking with the faithful one who will encourage you, who will inspire you, who will challenge you, who will speak the truth and love to you when you are wavering. Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. The, the, the author of Hebrews says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Beware. Beware of having this unbelieving, evil heart that leads you to fall away to, from the living God. Verse 13 says, But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Okay? So the, so look at what he's doing here. He's saying, look out for this unbelieving heart. This evil, unbelieving heart. Make sure it's in none of you in the community of faith. In contrast, to counter an unbelieving heart. Okay? Exhort one another daily. Walk with those who will exhort you. And you be a person who will daily... Exhort others so that they're not hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. It is subtle. It is like the coronavirus in it's so stealth. And people are infected by it and they don't even realize they're infected by it. And they're spreading the infection 
to those around them unaware. Okay? And so we are to exhort one another every day while it's called today. And we, we are to do this. Hebrews 10 tells us that we're to do this all the more as we see the day approaching. Hebrews 10 verse uh, 25. It says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. In light of Christ's return and the closer we get to the return of Christ we have a, a, a great necessity to exhort one another daily to encourage one another all the more and so this is these are two ways that we can grow in our faith is through the scripture walking with other believers in Christ who are faithful, who will encourage us and speak the scripture, speak the word of God, speak the gospel to one another. And lastly, through struggles. How do we grow in our faith? Struggles. The testing of our faith. Trials. Difficulty. Resistance. It's like working out. Like, how do you get stronger? Well, go to the gym. Work out. Well, that's not the answer I'm looking for. I'm not, I, I want like this zap. I want this pill. I want this easy way of getting stronger, right? Well, God has chosen to use trials. He's chosen, he's chosen to use difficulty. He's chosen to use this global pandemic in the lives of his people, in the lives of his children, to strengthen and refine their faith. Okay, uh, there's several scriptures. James 1 says this, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Come on, man, that, that, that is, that, that's, that's a huge, that's a mouthful right there. He says, rejoice, be happy, when you got all kinds of hard things happening, all kinds of struggles, all kinds of trials. Now he gives us a reason why. If he just left it there, if he just said, hey, be happy, be happy, that'd be shallow. Okay? That'd be shallow. But he gives us a reason to be happy. A reason to be joyful. Why? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or patience. You see, when our faith experiences, experiences testing and resistance and struggle, it strengthens our faith. Now for many... Many who maybe don't have biblical faith, it may crumble their faith or what faith they thought they had and expose that they didn't have biblical faith in the first place. But for those of us who have biblical faith, we are Christians. We persevere in the faith, in the trials that we experience in this life. They don't push us away from God. They push us closer to God. They don't demolish our faith. They develop our faith and strengthen our faith in our God. And they develop character in us. When we become more and more like Jesus, conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, which is what God has destined us for, Romans 8.29, which is connected to Romans 8.28. And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him, for those who are called according to His purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. And it, God uses all things 
even coronavirus, COVID-19, global pandemic, sickness, tragedy, brokenness. God is still good in all this. He's still sovereign in all this. And he's not going to let any of it go wasted for you or for me who are in his family. So take heart. Be, be of good courage. Know that God is working in you through all this. And he's making something beautiful out of the brokenness. And then verse 4 says, let, let steadfastness have its full effect in you so that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Let God do his work that he's doing in you. James, uh, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Know this, saints. Your faith is precious. It's precious in the sight of God. And He is refining our faith right now. And our faith will be found to result in the praise and the honor, the glory and the honor of God when Christ returns, right? And, and, and the testing of our faith reveals the genuineness of it, okay? Now, for, for those who don't have biblical faith, it reveals the inauthenticity of their faith. But for those of us who have genuine faith, the testing, the fire, the trial, the struggles reveals the genuineness of it, but also develops our faith and strengthens us. Now I know this is easy to talk about and easy to say rejoice, count it all joy. But this is what God calls us to do. Okay? Knowing that He's working in us and through us. And so let us believe God. Let us trust in His promises. Let us persevere in faith. And let us obey God wherever He leads us. And believe Him in whatever He says about us, about the world, about Himself. Let's let what He has revealed shape our worldview, our faith. And let us stand in that faith and be faithful to the end because Christ the faithful one will return and we will see him every eye will see him every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father let's pray Father thank you for this time Thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement. And as I spoke about you working in us, I pray that, God, you would help us to see your hand at work. Help us to believe your word when it's hard, when it's difficult, when we're challenged, when we're weak. 
It says later on in Hebrews 11 that many were made out of weakness, were made strong by faith. Pray that that would be us at City Church Garland, that we would be made strong. Because your strength fits perfect in our weakness. And we trust you. We trust you to sustain us. We trust you to carry us through this time. So I just want to finish in leading an old hymn. Tis so sweet. If you know it, sing it with me. Spirit.